0: Boom ba dum bum. It's boom ba don bum. What's for dinner? Boom ba dum bum. Why do I do this? Bum ba dum bum at the beginning of every episode. Bum dum bum. I don't know. Hey guys, welcome to what's for dinner. This is episode 187. 187, which I believe in police terms is a, uh, is code for murder. I don't know why that just came to my mind. I think there was a Samuel Jackson movie called 187 where he was a whatever. Hi guys. Oh, my God, this is, um, this is a fun episode. Uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, Allison and I are still kind of reeling about this. This is probably the longest episode we've ever taped that we are going to uh, break this down into uh, two episodes, two parts. So this is part one with Jimmy Brogan. Uh, Jimmy Brogan is... I, I, I said to him on the show, his reputation precedes him, because he really is one of the best comics in the business as far as talking to the audience And crowd work—he's—he's amazing to watch, and he's also been around in the comedy game since the '70s, and he still uh, maintained a great career, maintained a great reputation, like I said, and has maintained a hilarious, hilarious act, and amazing sense of humor. And he's worked with some of uh, um greats. Uh, We talk about it in the episode on this first part. uh, He—he was on The Tonight Show with Carson. He's uh, written and worked with Leno. He worked for uh, Leno, writing for him on The Tonight Show for nine years. You know, that's prior to knowing him uh, from back in the day. And um, just talked about comedy and about um, just, uh, you know, his different stages of comedy and different uh, places that he's performed. It's really, really very entertaining. Very informative show for anybody out there who is uh, thinking about doing comedy. This is one to listen to because this man, again, has been around and has some really great stories. Um, And like I said, we're going to do part one and part two. So listen to this and then next week you can listen to part two and go, oh, my God, I still remember what part one was about. And uh, hey, guys, if anybody is interested in uh, seeing the old flipper uh, do some comedy live, uh, this Wednesday, which will be tomorrow, the 29th, I am doing the Comedy Juice show at the uh, Melrose Improv here in Los Angeles. So if you happen to be in town, come check that out. And uh, then I'm going to be back on the cruise ships July 10th through the 24th. So if you, if you happen to be cruising on the Norwegian getaway, come by and say hi. And also, big news, very excited. Um, my brand new CD called um is uh, it's done. It is in the process now of being manufactured, being made. I got the artwork done. It looks fantastic. And you could pre-order the CD on iTunes starting July 12th. The official release date will be July 26th. But if you, pre- if you pre-order it on July 12th uh, through the 26th, not only do you get the CD right away on the 26th, you get a uh, free track that will be sent to you. So um, that more information about that will be coming up. And I have a brand-new comedy um, I can't say DVD because it's only going to be a download, but it's a full set. I hate calling it a special because special feels like it should be with Netflix or Showtime or, or uh, something like that. I don't know. Fuck, even Google. Google comedy specials. So I'll just call it my new uh, comedy video. Um, that will be available for download. Uh, also, sometime in July, it's called Supercilious, and there'll be all information about it. I am rambling way too much, so I'm going to shut up now, and I want you guys to sit back, listen to episode 187 of What's for Dinner with Jimmy Brogan and Allison Weber, part one. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their mind talking, talking about what's ever on their mind. Oh, by all means. Uh, sure. Talk yeah. Talking about what's ever on their so I think that'd be better if I
1: don't sink back. And oh,
0: okay. Of course. You know, you know company, it's okay. I was going to say, that's, this is pretty, pretty delectable, that chair. So oh. I just know that If you just slouch back. It's just going to be like, oh. Just
2: switch the situation. Let's give you this guy. Okay. And you don't have to.
0: Yeah, that's how we rock. What's what uh, would you say is like the uh, most um, laid-back kind of comedy you ever did? Oh, have like we started? Huh? Oh, <laughs> well, oh. Tha- yeah, I just I just I literally hit I record and then like we just kind of go yeah. when we go. Uh,
1: the most laid-back comedy I've ever done. Yeah, because you
0: were kind of slouching in the couch and just I I know sometimes as a comic if it's a really if it's a tense kind of show you're a little like stiff like that but if it's Uh very laid back relaxed your comedy is almost kind of flowing like water a little bit if that makes sense
1: oh well i think i'm most comfortable in clubs that i've done a lot before like if i do like i do comedy magic every sunday with uh with leno right and i've done it every sunday for 24 years yeah every sunday uh jay calls me about four o'clock and he says uh you want to ride down together and I go, hey, yeah, let's do that this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and s- every Sunday for 24 years, I go to his house and get into one of his supercars and go down. To yeah, oh yeah. The
0: so he's, he's got, got a, a collection.
2: Sunday is in a different car, so like you're still doing a different car 24 years later. Uh, every uh, oh, <laughs>
1: so there, there sometimes is a repeat. I think oh. last night was a repeat. There was a uh, a Corvette uh, that was was a repeat because he got it in, he said, 99 so I think I've been in that car before. <laughs> wow! But I don't always. So know. one
0: one out of twenty four years, you only repeated one car. <laughs> the <first> time. <laughs> the, yeah, the um and the comedy magic. It's one of those really just, uh, like you said, once you do it for a while, it becomes such a fun familiar room. Just there's a there, there's a, I don't know, there's a certain sense to that room that I think a lot of comedy clubs don't have anymore. Because that that I mean that the comedy magic club has been around for a while, right? Yeah, started in 78, yeah. 78, yeah. So it's one of the older ones in the uh, L.A. area. Right. I think just behind the store.
1: Uh, The store. I think the Improv opened in 75, maybe, or 76. Okay,
0: so just under the Improv.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah.
0: Got it. And is that your favorite club to play in L.A.?
1: Uh, it's certainly good. You know, Flappers is great. Ice House is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean see. Laugh Factory. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs>
2: We've got our pick of the litter here of pretty good clubs. Los uh, Angeles. I is
0: know. That's what that's fun. what's really great about L.A. is that they're, even th- even if you go out of the epicenter of Hollywood, you still have nice clubs in the surrounding areas, almost like a tree ring. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: great. I mean, the Ice House, I mean, the sound and that. Oh. Mm, you know. Cause oh, there's yeah. There's no carpet. There's brick walls it's you know everyone's close i mean that's a wonderful room did
0: you play the ice house like back uh in the 70s when it was more of a um because uh, i know i read steve martin's book the mm-hmm. born standing up when it was more of a like, kind of like a i to say poetry it, um, it was more of a folk club folk club thank you very yes. much
1: oh, uh, that, yeah all the folk people and the comics would open for the folk Singers, mostly there. Oh. But it, it became a full-time comedy club by the time I got out here. Bob Fisher had already bought it. Oh, okay, and okay. So by 79, when I moved to California, uh, it was already a full-time comedy club at that point.
0: Oh. And where did you uh, come from before I came I here?
1: I started in New York.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. So yeah. you're East Coast.
1: I grew up in Cleveland, but yes, I went to New York to do volunteer work. And after uh, two and a half years, they said, you know, you're going to have to get a job. <laughs> 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 so uh, I started doing stand-up then, yeah, in 1975.
0: and what was your club out in new york
1: i you know i was a regular at uh three clubs in new york at the comic strip at catch rising star and the improv which were the three big clubs in in those days and on weekends i would be on all the shows in every club i would do six shows a night and i would be in a cab all night from eight o'clock at night until four in the morning when the clubs closed Wow. wow i just felt i was in the cab and if i missed one you know it would be a domino effect and I'd be late then for every set <laughs> and so it was so tense getting from club to club I'd be screaming at cab drivers
2: <laughs> in New York. <laughs> I said to the park take the, take <laughs> the cut off to the park because if they
1: missed it you know, it's know everything it. falls it's no.
2: 30 seconds and it's fast yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and I'd race into the club do the set and then g- be back in a cab and and then I by four o'clock in the morning I'd be back at like catch a rising star doing the 340 spot. You know, closing oh, <laughs> Jesus. closing Jesus. that last spot, and I'd have no idea what material I had done <laughs> to what audience because I had done it six sets, and I'd yeah. been in that room before. And in the middle of the set, I'd go, "Have I done this joke before?" <laughs> you know that horrible feeling where oh yeah, year, yeah yeah because, yeah, but it got me uh, very strong in New York. Oh yeah, comfortable oh, on yeah. stage just doing six sets.
0: Well, let's no, say, like, absolutely. the, 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 because people always ask me, like, when they're, in like, when I'm on the road and you meet the young comics, where should I go? L.A., New York, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I always tell them, I said, because I've never lived in New York, but I've been out there enough to know that New York is where you can, like you said, you can get up six times in a night really at six different, teeth. you know, five or six different rooms. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't help but get strong. L.A. is kind of the place you go when, you know, you can get some time, but if you're more into the acting thing. That's a little more. That that's probably more your uh, place to go, but uh, mm-hmm. New but New York. It's uh, cause I, n- it had to be so amazing back in the seventies. Like that's when the modern stand up was really kind of coming to form. When you had Carlin and uh, and um, um Prior, Pryor, yeah, and uh, Freddie Prinze, and all of these yep, guys, yep. just like really kind of laying down the uh, the the the, the path modern-day stand-up to follow it uh, yes it and,
1: and robert klein and klein, yeah. Oh, yeah. david brenner was around oh, that's and, and coming in the clubs rodney was coming in to try out oh. stuff for the tonight show at catch a rising star and See, i heard
0: gosh. a story that brenner went uh yeah brenner one time was just doing a spot and then um i forgot who was the booker for the tonight show but they just went up to him and said hey you want to do the tonight show next week like <laughs> it was just that simple
1: back then well the show was in new york was it in new york still when he did it first hmm might have been, but I mean, Brenner made it really fast. I mean, Brenner was I think 35 when he started, so really he, ar- he already had a work <coughs> ethic wow. that most young comics don't have. Yeah. <coughs> and at 35, you kind of know who you are as opposed to guys that started 18 and have to find themselves for right. a few years. You know who they are communically. Yeah. So, so Brenner, I think six months after he started, you know that's what he gave him himself. And he, he
2: gave himself th- six months, Six <laughs> months.
1: And, and, and he was on the Tonight Show in like six months.
2: Wowzers! That's
1: what I heard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's it that was it unbelievable. It game. really is. Just back in, th- uh, oh. wow. like I said, it just must have been. S- did did you feel it at the time in New York at that time? Like, well, uh,
1: TV was really on the West Coast at that point, and pretty much in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, now there's more TV, and, and it, it, when I started in New York, comics would kind of graduate and move to the West Coast, so you could move up the ladder and get spots in New York. It's yeah. it's now changed because a lot of Big comics stay in New York right. all the time, so yeah. it's, it's a little tougher. But, uh, yeah, starting in New York, uh, I would see, you know, Brenner at the club. I remember one night we were talking to David Brenner. Uh, <coughs> he was kind of holding court, and I had been doing comedy maybe maybe uh, six months or a year. And uh, he was, you know, giving us advice and talking to us and telling us stories and stuff. And then the Catch rise and start close, so we moved out to the sidewalk, and he continued to hold court there, and it was great. And I uh, remember a woman walked by Looked at us and just kind of ignored us, and then did a, a double take, realized it was Brenner, and came back and spoke to him. Then they went off and talked for a second, and uh, then Brenner came back to us and said, uh, y- uh, "Good night, guys." And they got in a cab and, and and left. And I thought, "Wow, <laughs> I've got to be a comedian. This, <laughs> is, this is this is the greatest thing." <laughs> yeah, oh, <that's> and awesome. <laughs> I, I, I just yes, you know, because no, no one paid. She didn't pay any attention to any any of us until. She saw Brenner, and then oh yeah, in a cab. Oh com-
0: well,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. com- com- <laughs> comedy
0: is a great aphrodisiac. <sighs> it, it's. Because it's s-
2: confidence. We watch you guys be confident, and that's kind of like the, the sexiest thing for a woman is to see a man kind of command uh. a room, command a stage, and everything. So oh, really, it's it's uh, it, it, you can be funny all you want, but it's the confidence level that we see. I think I don't know. Oh, Speaking for so. all <laughs> <laughs> women here. Okay. okay, <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Was 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 your style back then the same as what you do now? Because um, you're, you're you're I mean you know you have the uh, the reputation of being one of the best, just crowd work. Uh, one of the best comics out there as far as doing crowd work oh thanks thanks oh no i I would i would hope that you know that that your reputation precedes you definitely well
1: because i think a lot of other comics are not foolish enough to pursue that Uh, (laughs) it's it's scary scary. it's scary but also career wise it's it's good to have an act where you can do it on (laughs) tv i had to learn to do a monologue to do the tonight show you know they wouldn't let me do my talk to the audience they said oh we're gonna have to turn we'd have to turn the cameras around We'd have to light the audience. We, you know, we'd have yeah. to mic the audience. You know. We so is
0: that we that was manage, always so your style, though?
1: Well, uh, for the first year, I did. Uh, I had five minutes of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is all you needed oh to audition right. for. Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. And then uh, eventually, I had ten minutes because I had uh, five new minutes of savers because the f- the five minutes didn't work. The first five didn't oh. work, <laughs> so I had savers to uh,
2: explain.
1: Yeah. So I had ten minutes, but I would get on very late at the improv, and there would be. Uh, maybe f- you know one table of four people or something. And I couldn't do that presentational act about going to high school. It's what, what I had uh, an act about. And so uh, I listened to tapes of Jimmy Walker working at the Playboy Club. Playboy Clubs were, were still around at that point, and they would hire comics. And uh, I had a friend who gave me some tapes of Jimmy Walker. And I, I heard him just talking to the audience, where you're from, and then he would kind of weave his material in to the... Uh, you know, to the Into conversation. The conversation yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, that's yeah. how to play to a small audience. So I would start talking to them and talking to them became funnier than the material that I had. Right. So, uh, you know, eventually I, I kind of moved up the ladder in New York and would play to bigger crowds and, you know, one night at the improv or the comic strip someone didn't show up and they'd look around and go, mm, okay, Brogan, come <laughs> on. <laughs> and they, they would put me on and I would do well to a bigger crowd and they go, oh, it does work to a bigger crowd. I mean, oh. most of the club owners didn't trust it Oh uh, yeah! Early on in New York, that yeah. yeah, I could do it to a bigger. Were you one
0: of anything. the only guys doing that at that point?
1: Um, the MCs always did in New York. Oh yeah. And Richard Belzer had a very uh, aggressive, attacking kind of Don Rickles kind of uh, yeah, audience-based yeah. act, yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I mean, he was really strong. Oh yeah. That I mean, he became very kind of mellow once he moved out here and did his act, but in New York. He was just a powerhouse. Oh yeah, I remember seeing. They
2: represented old it in fame. They represented how he yeah. did in fame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That little piece of yeah, he was just kind of biting at the crowd and uh, riling them up. You know.
1: It was just all yeah, <coughs> nice type pal. You know, all attitude. Hey and He
0: buddy. Yep. yeah
1: yeah, and uh, Dennis Miller kind of learned that attitude. I was a just gonna say. Oh, so funny, that that it's shades exactly of Miller. Yeah, I always yeah, said yeah. that uh, Yeah, cha cha. You, yeah. <laughs> <that's laughs> you know, you know, that's how big Belzer was in, in New York. Oh,
0: very very. I would imagine. One of those guys that all the younger guys kind of aspired to be at the time, just looked look kind of looked up to him as the uh, as the guy that um, the comics comic, if you will.
1: Yes, and he was the uh, MC of Catch a Rising Star, which was you know, and that was the only paying spot in New York. Back really? In the yeah, the paid, MCs yeah. paid thirty-five dollars a night, so huh. you wanted to be the MC out out here. MC is kind of like the the low man on the yeah. totem pole,
2: which shouldn't be because you're the you're the vei- you're the the vein the glue of everything. Yes, yeah. and
1: it's really important. But in New York, it was the the strongest act huh. because that was the only act that that it got, got paid. paid at night. Yeah. Well, that's how it was
0: in the hours. um like in the uh, Catskills and the Orpheum circuit, like the because uh, oh. it was always like George Burns and Friends, and jo- and Burns would be the main act as the MC, and then he'd bring up the uh the other guys yeah and yeah, it's just yeah. a, it's true it's over time the the importance of the mc i think has really been uh, diminished it's mm-hmm. now you like know, referred
2: be- to as almost like you're the <laughs> bullet spot like yeah good luck. Go, go take the bullet go. <laughs> yeah exactly there's, an, there's
0: a there's a definite art to MCing that a lot of comics today just don't know they don't yeah. appreciate that yeah. how important a role that spot is
2: they'll jump so. right into material it's like hi how are you welcome to the show so You Uh know, (laughs) me and my wife. You know, it's like nobody's warmed to you yet.
0: Exactly. So I think it's going back to uh, what you're saying that somebody would get the uh, get get the paid spot to MC to make it a very important spot to to show the importance of the spot. So um, so in New York in the '70s. So you moved out here. You said in '78, '79. '79, Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And were you coming out with any kind of leads, or were you just like, I was screw uh, it. It's time to go.
1: I I came out with a TV show. Which is really the way to go. Yes, (laughs) I'm you (laughs) you that right now.
0: I've seen other people come
1: (laughs) out and start from the bottom. Yeah, but coming out being the star of a TV show, I got I got a sitcom.
0: Really? Yeah. Yes. When I
1: was living in New York, I was cast in a sitcom uh, called Out of the Blue, to play an angel, uh, that was taking care of some orphan kids, (laughs) and uh, it was you know Mark and Mindy was was really big the season before, and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so ABC wanted more shows kind of like that. And so, uh, an angel that could kind of do magic and stuff. Uh,
0: so you were the angel the Mork? Uh,
1: it kind of, and, <laughs> and actually Robin was on the first episode. Of oh, really? Mm. Yeah, which was, was great, yeah.
2: Which That's was really awesome. Really were you great.
0: friendly with him?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Robin was, was great, you know, when I, when I, when I, when I first, I had met him in New York a couple times, because he had come into the comic strip, and, uh, I had met him, uh, I had a friend that used to juggle on the front steps of the, uh, Metropolitan Museum, and, uh. And Robin was there watching because Robin used to be a street performer. Right, right, right. So Robin watched uh, my my friend, my friend Juggle, out there, and uh, so I met him there, and then the comic strip. So I met him a few times a little bit, and we had the same managers. So uh, I was flown out to uh, do my act at a dinner for all the ABC stars and all the press. In Los Angeles wow and I was no pressure i was just scared, <laughs> scared to death you know this mm. and i thought gee they all do the same thing my act is not going to work because that's my act is just asking people what they do for a living mm. and they're all either tv stars or they're you know, in the press you know or, or abc executives yeah and uh and robin was there that night as well as a surprise to come out and perform and i remember him walking me to the stage uh Like as if he were a priest walking someone to the electric chair, and it was really funny, you know. My son, you know, he was reading me prayers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just just the sweetest guy. And here's here's someone I, you know, I had met just in passing a a couple times, and Mm. and he was so nice to me that night. And then, you know, he was on my first show, and you know, he was. There yeah, so Robin was wonderful. Yeah. See,
0: that's what I love about comedy is that, you know, there there can be some jealousy and bitterness, but and uh, I think at the core of it there's a camaraderie with uh with comedy that even if uh, like you said, you know, you only met Robin a couple times, but he was still mm-hmm. trying to get you to feel a little looser and make you laugh before you got up to do this really important thing. Yeah. Whereas some other comics would go, uh, "Hey, good luck. Don't, you know, don't eat it."
2: And then the background going, eat it, because it'll all be me. Exactly,
1: (laughs) exactly. No, Robin was, yeah, he was great. And I used to wear uh, a button-up sweater in New York, uh, and I would end my act by saying, I've got to go now because I've got to get these clothes back to Mr. Rogers. (laughs) And, you know, it was my big finish. And uh, the first time I went on the road, they lost my luggage and I thought, <laughs> oh I've got no finish I can't I can't you know so I'm <laughs> desperately going to the store to find a sweater and a button up uh, oh <laughs> my God, <laughs> Mr. Bob's like but combing the thrift whenever stores. I would s- I would see Robin uh, uh, and I saw him maybe uh, a couple months before he passed away or not not too long before he passed away and uh you know, he hugged me and said, oh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, <laughs> 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 you know, oh, all those years later. Yeah, I, I mean, love that. He'd mm-hmm. always say to me, oh, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I <laughs> he would remember I that joke. So yeah, I
0: love that. I, I love just hearing stories of comics that just started back in the day and then have reached kind of, you know, successful levels, but never forget the roots. Yeah. It's 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 all oh, it's a warm, really warm, warm feeling. Like well. now with with Leno, did you know him when you moved out to L.A. or from New York?
1: I had met him once in New York but he didn't remember that. It was, you know, he was in the at the Improv in New York and uh we were all very new late night comics and you know Jay sat at the bar. Ah, so these are the new kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so i had met him once but uh I think the one he might remember is uh I was coming out of the improv here in Hollywood and Jay was on his motorcycle and he said, uh, "Hey, hey, you're the kid with the sitcom, huh? Come on over here." <laughs> and uh, we started talking and uh he had already was friends with Seinfeld because mm-hmm. uh, Jerry had worked out here with him uh, at, w- at one point before Jerry had moved out. And uh, so we would so Jerry and I would go up to Jay's house every night and hang around, and that's how I really became friends with uh, Jay was, was through Jerry. Oh, through Jerry. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, And you work with Jerry, too. Uh, you did warm-up for a show, right?
1: I warmed up for the, uh, the pilot and uh, f- for his show, and also when Jerry would do the stand-up part of the show,
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: in you know in syndication they kind of cut out a lot of the stand up. Oh, you yeah. in those intro parts and like a little part, club. Yes. Yeah. Was that
0: shot at a club or was that on a set?
1: No, it was on the set. Oh, yeah. uh, it was on th- the same set actually. They just redressed it on a special day. That's okay. And would bring an audience in to have them sit sit in the seat so it looked like a club. Yeah. And I would do the warm up there, yeah. Oh, it's go cool. oh. oh. first you know by the by the f- you know the last season or two they stopped doing any stand up. Right. The show But, yeah, stopped. but uh right. so I would get to see Jerry, yeah. three, oh, or, that's three or four times a year. I would go over there because they would do three or four shows worth uh, in in one day
3: mm-hmm. oh, so I
2: Jerry like would do like clothes, a full set would come would he do a full set or would it literally no, be like those five minute excerpts or whatever just
1: what they needed for the show because really, gotcha. it was written specifically to fit into the show to the
0: material around the show that's
2: because gotcha.
1: right, that was really the idea of the show at the beginning was where does stand up come from
0: right 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 right
2: interesting yeah and
1: then that's that's kind of what it was and and what Jerry's current show is. And oh, comedians' cars! It's oh, the same great. kind of thing. Where where does that funny come from? We've oh, been uh, we've
0: actually been binge watching that. Yeah. We uh, started from the beginning. Have you good. done and the uh, comedians in cars? No, I, no,
1: I haven't. I haven't. But uh, uh, yeah, Jared You want to call him? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry and I talked about it early early <laughs> on when he was first thinking about it. And I said, yeah, I've had some wonderful conversations in those long drives to oh, yeah. clubs Gigs with another stuff. comic. Yeah. I remember my friend Brad Upton telling me a story uh, <coughs> on on one of those long trips of. Uh, you know, the day that his wife had had their their first child, and you know, the greatest day in his life, and she doesn't stop bleeding, you know, after the birth, and they discover she's got cancer God. somewhere in the same day. So the greatest day of his life, and it was the most riveting story, and wow. it was just like you know those kind of yeah yeah intimate yeah. conversations you have yeah. when with someone for f- you know for a few days at a time or four hour drives, you know. Yeah, really s- really and then you fun, see right. how
2: he makes it funny, and you're like, "Oh God, he made that funny!" Like if well you talk about it on stage, like, because <laughs> yeah, sometimes the most painful stuff ends up being like the most cathartic and funny for the audience members, you know, to if they've ever experienced s- something similar, and you can find just a niche of funny and something as traumatic as that, then you yeah. know, it's yes. like you see well how it's. Boring. I'll tell you
1: a story of the uh, first time I saw Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> was in Boston, mm-hmm. and he was, I think he was still maybe a high school kid. I mean, he was wow. he was young.
0: Was he doing the uh, partner with uh, Tom Kenny?
1: No, no, he was by himself. Okay. And he got up, and uh, he read a Dear John letter from a girl that he was <laughs> madly in love with. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, it was really funny and original and so different from, you know, those Boston comics were so strong. Oh, yeah performers, you know, Lenny Clark and, yeah. and, and all those guys. Stephen was Wright was and uh, Ta- Stephen Wright was just coming up at that point But Steve Sweeney was it there uh, at the time Sweeney was there, yeah, yeah. Don Gavin all those oh, yeah, guys yeah. were just murderers, <coughs> Chance Langton you know, those guys were yeah, yeah, really yeah. killer comics, and uh, so Bobcat, and first time I saw uh, uh, Stephen Wright was, uh, I don't know if it was the same trip, but I saw him at the Ding Ho the legendary Ding Ho, which was Oh, the, the Chinese restaurant, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that Lenny Clark ran and uh, Stephen Wright was not even facing the audience. <laughs> he was standing in the back, kind of mumbling his jokes into <laughs> the into the mic, and the audience was, you know, used to these powerhouse, aggressive guys doing stand-up at the Ding Ho. And Stephen Wright was so the opposite. And I was sitting in the back, screaming, laughing, because the material <laughs> was so great. And the audience was turning around, just looking at me, wondering.
2: What? Is <laughs> what? Uh, how what is this? What do we miss? Anyone?
1: Yeah, just puzzled by how c- anyone could be laughing. The it's
2: original so comics similar. comic, though, the back of the room, like the the one who's playing to the back of the room, and you know, it's it's funny because now you think about it, and that without that, and him probably standing out from so many strong people, it what like you know, cut him into the you know the the perfect you know hilarious deadpan comic that he is. You know, today. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, Well, he was also like, because um, there was a great. Did you see that documentary about the Boston comedy? I think it was uh, when stand up stood out. I think uh, it was called that.
1: Yeah, I have not seen it. Yes, I uh, have it, but I haven't seen it. Haven't oh, it, yes, it's a
0: r- it's a really really I great hear film. It's great, yeah, yeah. And uh, they talk about how Stephen. Um, I guess I'm not sure if they had a showcase for the Tonight Show or. Um, oh, and I forget. Who was the old Booker that the Tonight Show with Carson? It was Jim McCauley. I think McCauley
1: exactly. But I don't think it was McCauley that saw Stephen Wright. I think it was uh, Peter LaSalle who was the like second in command after Fred Cordova. I'm not positive, but I, that's that's my understanding of the story that he, he was in Boston for something and, and saw Stephen Wright. Right, and and, and and of all the guys there, and there were th- those guys were just
0: murderers. You know, yeah. those
1: were just you know killer comics, and yeah, they picked Stephen they Wright. They picked Stephen. Se- <laughs> but for but t- as a TV comic he was perfect absolutely he well.
2: stu- yeah it, like i said it, it, by you standing out by you being something different than the than what everybody else is doing i think it it's almost you know like <laughs> waving the flag it doesn't have to be like this guys you don't have to do it like oh, that oh well, yeah
0: Orig- you know not that those other guys weren't hilarious and original in their own right but steven just had his had a style that was so remarkable and different. and never seen at least by mainstream audiences. Yeah. Yes, yes. But the um yes. just a great story about how they uh I think it might have even been the ding-ho, where they turned the they they stopped the show, they brought out a TV so everybody could see Steven oh. set. And then just then Carson did the wave over yes, yes, which yes. was the uh, just crib the, the anointing Epidemy from the king. Yeah. yeah.
1: Unbelievable. I, I, and I was there that night. I was I was shooting something at NBC. I, You're I kidding? not remember I what it was, a pilot or something. And I happened to be there and went over and and, yeah, hung out with Stephen before his first drive. You're kidding yeah. Kidding yeah, yeah, just because I knew him from Boston, and, you know, we had worked together. Chance Langton had wow. booked us on Cape Cod and stuff, and we'd worked together and, you know, driven from Boston to Cape. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you're friends then, you know? Oh, yeah, you do, you do You, that you do that drive games, like that. Yep. You're bonded. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. wow.
0: So was he, was he nervous before the show? Do you remember? If oh, yeah, yeah. He was I mean,
1: like all of us just terrified before <laughs> that first appearance cuz you yeah. have no idea whether your stuff's going to work on TV, <laughs> you know. You've done it in clubs and it's been work some nights and not others. Right. And you have no idea whether it's going to work. Yeah. Had
0: and you th- done you done Carson? Had you done it before Stephen or uh, prior? I can't after. remember.
1: I can't remember what what the order was there. But I did it in 84. Wow. So it I, yeah, I can't remember the order whether I did oh, or not. But I think '84 uh,
0: might have been after. Uh, after, Deeper, I beginning. think could be. Could yeah, be. yeah. What now? P- please, because <laughs> I will never in my never ha- ever have that experience. Walk uh-huh. me through this for a second, just yes. you're you um you're at Burbank Studios. You're you're at NBC in Burbank.
2: Beautiful downtown Burbank. Mm-hmm. Beautiful
0: downtown Burbank, and um. You're backstage. Have you, now, did Car- does Carson come up to you before you go on, or do you not meet him until you're out there? Uh, no, Carson
1: never talked to the guests beforehand. Uh, I, I think the second time I did it, I was with Tony Randall was on the show, wow. and we were in the uh, makeup room before the show, and uh, Johnny was running late or something, came in, said said hello to us, and then went to his private makeup, uh, a separate little room, mm-hmm. and uh, and... Uh, Tony Randall turned to me and said, uh, you know, that's the first time that I've ever seen Johnny before a show. And this was in like 84, 85. Yeah. He'd been doing the show 20 years easy with Johnny. And yeah, he'd never seen him before the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Johnny liked to have it all out there. Just out there.
0: Yeah. On the, on the, because Leno does talk to you before the show from what I've heard. Just the opposite. Yeah.
1: Jay would go and visit with everyone in the in the dressing room beforehand and yeah but johnny didn't want to see anyone before he
0: went out there yeah okay yeah. so yeah. you're um so you th- uh the guest is on and you're backstage you're behind that oh. curtain oh. now just <laughs> t- for, for t- talk to me for a second for that moment you're you're behind the curtain you're mm-hmm. standing there you've mm-hmm. seen the curtain from the front a million times mm-hmm. never from the back that's right what's going through your head right now
1: well i, I think um will schreiner put it best to me because uh, he had done the show before me he said uh you, you know, Johnny had a big band still. Right. Well, you know, like from big band era, you know, that Doc Sevens and, oh yeah. and they yeah. played really loud during the commercials, you know, that full band. Mm-hmm. And uh and Will said, you know, when the band stops, your heart also stops <laughs> when <laughs> uh. you're backstage. And uh well, let me just give you some history please, b- please leading please. up to this yeah. this moment. Uh in nineteen seventy nine I was at the improv in New York Saturday night first show and uh, I come off stage, and uh, Chris Albrecht, who was the manager mm-hmm. at the time, who went on to run HBO, run HBO and, HBO, and, yep. yeah. and uh, he he said, uh, oh, there's someone here I want you to meet. This is Jim McCauley from The Tonight Show. And at that point, no one from TV came. You know, it was very rare that you know someone came in. And, uh, yeah. and McCauley said to me, uh, oh, I, I see that you have some material between talking to the audience. I wonder if you could put it together into five minutes for me for the second show and I'll stay around and watch wow wowzers a- and uh, <laughs> I, I said to Jim McCauley I'm sorry I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> and he said thank you and he got in a cab out on 44th Street and and uh, and I I watched the cab <laughs> drive away and I thought there goes my chance at <laughs> <of> the night <laughs> show but I couldn't you know I, I I had to go up to Catch a Rising Star and the comic strip and do sets there and then come back to the improv and I thought I can't change my whole act and put five minutes of material together for a Tonight Show wow. Wow. audition. And I just thought, oh, I've just blown the biggest opportunity. No,
0: you were smart. Stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I couldn't have done it e- even had I tried to put it together. You know, I couldn't it have, you know, yeah, in, but a lot in the time I had and running other sets, <laughs> and you know, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, and so it took me then five years. I think in 1982, Leno took me aside at the comedy store, and said, uh, "You know, you're funny enough to do the Tonight Show. You should do the Tonight Show." <laughs> and so I started working on ten minutes of material, and I worked on it for a year, and uh, <coughs> I brought my managers in to see me. You know, after a year of working on this stuff, opening with it every night, and uh, you know, just honing it, I thought, "Oh, yeah. this is a good ten minutes." And uh, my managers came in. It was on in the main room at the comedy store on a Monday night after they'd seen improv with Robin Williams and. Stuff, you know, Robin used to come in improv mm-hmm. with, with groups, and uh, <coughs> and it was late, and the audience was, you know, just talky and noisy and stuff. And yeah. I just lost my concentration and uh, couldn't stay in the material. Oh, you know, I ended up talking to the audience, m- going back to my normal act, and they mm. go, no you're really not ready. <laughs> oh, a oh year oh work. No. But you d- you d- ah. So I went back to New York for two weeks and did uh, maybe 50 sets. You know, I did three sets a night, and then six on weekends. And you know, I just I ran that set. You know, every you know every show I would open with that ten minutes, and you know, ran it, ran it, ran it, and came back and said, "No, I'm really ready." And they said, "Oh, okay." And they brought Jim McCauley in, to the comedy magic, uh, to see me, and he took me aside afterwards and said, "You can do, <coughs> any of that ten minutes, on the show," what, where normally he would pick and choose and right try to stuff. Yeah, he would often you know, help people with the set. He said, you can do any of that 10 minutes. Wow. And I, oh, great, great, great. So, uh, so uh, I picked the best five of that, uh, you know, did, did the set, you know, and then uh, they called me and said on a Thursday and said, next Tuesday you do the show. And I, okay, so I, you know, I go to the clubs more of that weekend. You know, I'm going to every club I can, running that five minutes, running that five minutes. And uh, so I'm down at the improv and I do the set the night before for my managers. And they say, we think the other five minutes is better. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know? And I go, <laughs> oh, oh. And I had one set left uh, at, the, at the comedy store. You know, So, w- so, so we go up to the comedy store, and I run the other five minutes, and they go, ah, maybe you're right. Oh, And I go, oh, this is my last. This is the day before <laughs> <laughs> your yes, shooting. Yes, this is my last <laughs> chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, as nervous as I was uh, having to do a monologue, because it really wasn't what my act that i've been doing that for nine years at that point you know i had and i knew if it didn't work i couldn't just bail out like i did in a club and do my regular act so i thought oh i'm i'm sunk out there if i (laughs) I do it yeah 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 but uh, i'll I'll tell you a story about this this first tonight show uh uh, when i was first thinking about doing comedy uh dick cabot came out with a book and dick cabot for some of your younger listeners he was a rival of johnny carson yeah. at that point and had a, had a show on abc right that right it right. was really the you know th- probably the biggest rival that johnny ever had the biggest threat to you know a successful show said mm-hmm. johnny mm-hmm. and and uh his show had gone away but he wrote a, a book and he talked about uh in the book uh starting out as a stand-up with woody allen and groucho marx gives him advice and stuff and i thought oh i've got to get this book <laughs> you know and it was 895 and i couldn't afford it <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh cuz i had no money i'd been doing volunteer work 20 dollars a week and they had fired me and, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you uh, get uh get and fired from volunteer. yeah yeah work. no he's not worth 20 dollars <laughs> so uh so uh I, so my dad uh asked me to drive his car to florida for the winter uh cuz my parents had started to go to florida at that point so I drove the Everybody's
2: car. Everybody's parents went to Florida. I I yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah true. At, at a certain age, yeah, <laughs> that's where we're and, around, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and
1: and so uh, so rather than staying in a, a motel, I uh, I slept in the car one night because I had a certain budget for the for, for the, the trip. trip. Yeah, and uh, and you know motels were maybe ten or fifteen bucks at that point. You know they weren't. You know, Motel Six was actually six dollars when we first started. They will leave the yeah. light yeah. on but for earlier, you. Yeah,
2: Super Eight, Eight. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's exactly
1: right. what they were. So, uh, so you know, so I had enough money to buy the book in Florida. You know, eight ninety five. Read the book, wrote my first original material, and went back to New York and started doing stand up. And then nine years later, my first Tonight Show, the guest on right ahead of me. Is Dick Cabot. <gasps> oh. <gasps> wow. <so> it's just, <laughs> it, it couldn't have been more perfect. Just cathartic. Kismet. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, to look over when I finish and Johnny gives, gives me that okay he sign gives the o- which every comic wanted. <coughs> yeah. Dick Cabot sitting there clapping couldn't have been more perfect. Oh. And to thank Dick Cabot afterwards was just, just, it's, a, it's a full circle. To say yeah. thank you, your book is what started me in stand up. And oh. now I'm on the ton- you know Tonight Show. It, w- it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been the more perfect. That
0: thing. is amazing.
2: And that's yeah. what's so crazy is that you had all the, the the possibilities prior to, but it 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 seems as though it wasn't meant to happen until this kind of huge uh, for Jimmy Brogan moment, like oh, your personal huge moment. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it was it was a great <laughs> moment,
1: and uh, and uh, all of us would go to each other's. Uh, first appearances, or, or a lot yeah, of appearances. Yeah, I was going to ask, did so you have anybody come with you for yeah. that one? So it was Seinfeld, Bill Maher, oh. my, my friend Mike Kane, uh, Mark Schiff. Uh Mark Schiff, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember. I and mean, there were so many comics there that uh, in, in subsequent shots, when I would do them, they would give me a second dressing room for all the other <laughs> comics that would come, <laughs> come visit there, which was very nice of them. Uh, but there were so many. And, and they were all in talking to, uh, to Dick Cavett, and Seinfeld and I are out in the hallway trying to listen into this conversation. You know, just comedy gold. Yeah. You oh, hear yeah. This absolutely. Thing. And uh, and so Jerry and I are trying to listen in in the doorway. And uh, Carson walks down the hall all by himself with the suit bag over his arm, and stops and talks to Jerry and me, oh and says geez. it's so nice that your friends come out to support you as comics, and you know, gives us a nice little little talk. And Jerry and I are just. Over the moon that Carson oh, yeah. just oh talked. God. So our friends come out and they're thrilled they just talked to Dick Cavett. <laughs> and Jared and I go, well, "We just talked to Carson." <laughs> I mean, it was just an Listen. unbelievable day, oh, uh, you know. Houses. The the and the fact
0: that i did well on the show too yeah. was uh, it was good oh. as well and
1: but you know the circumstances were wonderful and
0: how many uh subsequent tonight shows did you do with Car- uh, carson i did six
1: with johnny Jeez. wow George. yeah yeah wow and they've repeated two of them you know they've started rerunning the carson shows mm-hmm. now and people are contacting me about <laughs> my th- th- they've run my first tonight show and my sixth tonight show were and my sixth one i i got to sit down with johnny
0: so he he gave you the wave over on your six.
1: It's it's really it's mostly planned. It's, it was very rare that someone was waved over, uh, just on the strength of their shot. I mean, Freddie oh, Prinze really? was waved over, but that was because Sammy Davis Jr. waved him over. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. And uh, Stephen Wright was waved over, and and I I can't remember a few other comics, but it was okay. pretty rare, and it was generally planned out, and it depended on the timing of the show. Gotcha. And gotcha. so on my sixth shot. They say, Oh, you're going to sit down on panel this time. And I go, Oh, well, that's really exciting. Holy and, and they said, Yeah, Johnny's going to retire in a few months, and everyone's sitting down. And I'm like, oh, Well, that's oh. not, not quite as exciting, but still. But still, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, to sit this close as we are to Johnny, you know, oh. and make him laugh. And, and I don't know if this will come off on a podcast, but I'll tell you how in tune Johnny was to uh, uh, the performers. Mm-hmm. You know, you see some hosts will. Get to the punchline before the comic, you know, or interrupt him. Right, or not right. have Any idea they're setting up a joke, you know? But Carson was such an, a fan and such an audience for comedy that I'm sitting there uh, on the couch and I, I do my uh, my big joke about uh, Jeopardy or whatever. I think it was about Jeopardy, and uh, and it gets a nice laugh. And uh, Johnny turns to go to commercial, and my arms are on the uh, my arms are on the arms of the chair, and I just put uh, one finger up about this much and I don't know how to describe this but it's just, a t- about just a a half
2: almost a forward pointing finger from, from, a, from a fist yeah, yeah. yeah. your hand
1: is on the arm of the chair <coughs> and I just raised it you know maybe an inch mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and Johnny stops and I do the tagline for the joke and then Johnny and it gets a laugh and Johnny uh, then starts turning to go to commercial and I, I put my finger up again <laughs> and and just the, the minimum you don't even I don't think you even see it on TV it's so minimal and Johnny stops again and I do the second second, tag, second tag yeah and he gets a laugh and then he goes to commercial and uh wow. and afterwards i thought to myself what was i thinking <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> interrupting johnny carson going to commercial but i knew i would never have another opportunity sure. to finish this joke <laughs> on the show and and,
2: and i think he was, was just like oh i didn't mean to step on your bit like he seems like he would be like the nice yeah he
1: didn't say you know what do you think or no one yelled at me <laughs> <not> <laughs> afterwards you know it was just yeah he oh. said he said to me afterwards uh he said uh, Siskel and Ebert are, are, were coming out next and he said uh, move down uh, two spots. <laughs> and I go okay okay yeah like I And that was there, just
0: for Ebert. I went
1: uh. oh, hello <laughs> uh, but that's how polite Johnny was you know that he didn't want you know them to be awkward or that to be awkward when they came
2: out you know I like got to you move but over for spots. you to have yeah. that first opportunity with the, with Dick Cavett and mm-hmm. then to have I mean sure everybody got, got to sit down but just the idea that you got to sit down before he was done with the show I mean that's just amazing uh,
1: just a thrill and you know this past past weekend I was uh at, in Johnny Carson's hometown for the Great American Oh, the Comedy Great American festival. Comedy festival. Yes, festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Eddie
0: Brill. Uh,
1: Eddie Brill yeah, yeah, uh, puts yeah. that together from, from oh. Letterman. Yeah and, yeah, and a few years ago, I ran into him, and uh, and I said, uh, "Oh, I'd love to do that festival sometimes." And he called me this year, so I got to go to Johnny Carson's hometown, tour the Johnny Carson Museum, wow. and then go to Johnny Carson's boyhood house. Someone has just bought it and renovated, it and left Johnny's uh, bedroom the same as it was.
0: Oh, that's so I cool! Love it. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So
1: it was just a thrill to be back there. I don't know if the other comics, being younger, appreciated the way. Oh, I, I would. Did, I know, would hope having, so. Having yeah. been on the show, but yeah, they they all went to the house and we stood in the room. Uh, this is a normal size room we're <laughs> we're in now. Yeah. yeah. Johnny's bedroom that he shared with his his brother Dick is half the size of this this room. Wow. Is a, a, a small study, and it was half. You know, I could touch the walls almost <laughs> by putting. Uh, m- my arms out. Did yeah. you say
2: this was his boyhood home? Yeah, or? his boyhood home. Wow. In, in Norfolk,
1: Nebraska. Yeah. Did
2: the people that that uh, moved into it? You say that they left it the way that it is. Do they leave it almost like shrine-like? They don't go li- live in there or sleep uh, in there uh,
1: A guy has renovated it, and it was empty when we were there. So I guess he's going to sell it, and uh, and we'll see what the people do.
2: Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, <it was> so, <laughs> so so, so cool. to me
1: it was because 15 years ago I was working in Omaha. And I convinced another comic to take a pilgrimage out to Johnny's hometown and just get a picture in front of his old house, Mm -hmm. you know. So it was a thrill to be actually invited (laughs) into his house. Into his house, yeah. yeah, It was great, yeah. And it
0: was was a good festival, too. I've heard great things about the fest.
1: You know, it was really fun. And a lot of good comics, 20 comics uh, do the festival. And it's in the Johnny Carson Theater, which Johnny Carson donated the money for this theater at the local high school so it's a beautiful state-of-the-art you know performing space you know maybe it seats a thousand or so Mm -hmm. you know so it's a great audience and you know i think this was the ninth year they've done it you know so the audience is really attuned to comedy and excited about it it's it's a big deal in the town yeah yeah i love when good
0: festivals kind of come together and really uh uh just work you know like all the cogs in it have been uh tightened and you know my yeah. first couple of years festivals kind of have a little trouble finding their footing but mm-hmm. sounds mm-hmm. Like you said the ninth year it sounds like they've really got everything together and oh it was great yeah, yeah they treated us well and you know it was it was wonderful the theater was great and they gave us
1: tours of the town and, the, and they took us to a farm for a picnic one day and you know they're they really yeah, yeah they're really nice yeah now let me ask you
0: yeah. this aside from um obviously doing tonight show with Carl and, uh, carlin uh <laughs> carlin or carson you know carson. either one uh-huh. um what would you say is just the point in your career when you went, "Holy shit, I've made it!" Oh, hmm. Well, that's
1: certainly a milestone. That
0: Carson. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, oh I can't imagine For anything topping it.
1: But Carson's, yeah, of of comics of my generation, doing yeah, doing that Carson show. You know, because all of a sudden you're in that same group as as Rodney and you know all those comics that have gone before that have done the show. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert and you're Klein, becoming like
2: household like figures like you've not been seen in every household until
1: well it was different there wasn't cable as much back then back then you know, yeah very, you know so there were three networks you know cbs ran a late night movie <laughs> you know i don't know what abc had at that point but you know it was pretty much the tonight show everyone watched the yeah. tonight right. Show oh at that yeah. point. so yeah it was really exciting but even when when i did it uh people would say oh back in my day it was the sullivan show <laughs> You know and if you did it in prime time on the sullivan show Mm. then you really became a household Um, name you know
0: yeah
2: Yeah. interesting yeah Yeah. but uh,
0: but i mean uh, at other like uh, another point in your career when it was just one of those mind-blowing moments well there's
1: a lot you know when i was first starting out uh, uh uh the, the best manager in show business took me on as a client. Uh, Jack Rollins, mm. who was uh, from Rollins and Joffe, yeah, was yeah, the name yeah. of the company. Yeah, and yeah. they were Woody Allens managers. Uh, they had done Nichols and May had wow. been their clients in the 50s yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. then in you know Robert Klein, Robin Williams was a, was a client. Uh, Letterman was a client at that point. Uh, <coughs> and they just had 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 everybody, you know the best managers and and they had taken me on in New York uh uh Jack's daughter uh worked at the comic strip in New York. Oh Hillary Rollins she's okay. was a waitress at mm. the comic strip and she was thinking of becoming a manager and she said uh one night she said I want to bring my dad in to see a few of you guys you know and she picked out uh Seinfeld uh Larry Miller Larry David and me wow. <laughs> to, to bring her dad in Holy know, to molly. see <laughs> and uh so she obviously had a good eye, and sh- you know, and she become a manager. I think would have been really successful. Oh yeah, yeah. She yeah, she, ne- sure. she, she
0: didn't She didn't f- didn't uh, follow through with that.
1: No, she be she's uh, become a singer, and you oh, okay. know, and yeah, and d- done shows. But uh, <coughs> but uh, so Jack saw all of us, and uh, Larry David didn't show up. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah. Uh, uh, I had better s- things to do. Made some excuse, and I think he just panicked and, and didn't, you know, it was too scary, and uh, I, he didn't come in. So it was uh, Larry, Jerry, and, and me, and we talked to Jack afterwards, and he's, he said to uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he said, You should go to California because your show is really right for the talk shows. Your, your act is really right for the talk shows. And, you know, great advice. Mm-hmm. With Larry, you know, you're, you're a terrific performer, you could be acting as well, and, you know, Larry's <laughs> had a wonderful acting career and he barely talked to me at all (laughs) and i kept on trying to ask questions just to be in the conversation and i thought well that didn't go well well. and then uh months later (coughs) hillary uh rollins said to me um, uh you know my father's disappointed you didn't ask him to be your manager and i said oh i didn't know that's how it worked (laughs) 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 i I thought they asked you You i I didn't know (laughs) you know that the biggest manager in show business (laughs)
0: I didn't know you asked him
1: You know, I had no idea
0: that's, that, that's like talking to a girl And then you really like her But you never ask her out And then a month later Her friend's like Why didn't you ask Susie out She really likes you yeah. I thought she was going to did Yes, yes
1: I, I still have trouble with that By the way uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah I didn't know that's how it worked And then so he became my manager And brought people in to see me And you know I got then the sitcom And came out to California and that, Well that, yeah, that's so definitely a big certainly moment Certainly a highlight And you know of a sudden uh, i'm the star of a sitcom on abc and you know i'm on the cover of local tv guide magazines and you know that fall preview issue that used to uh, <coughs> you know have mm-hmm. all those uh, pictures in it you know I'm, I'm on there and you know it was so that certainly a great moment there the show didn't Set last yet. very long but you know it got me out of california and established me in the clubs and you know and then eventually the tonight show was unbelievable yeah. and then you know, writing for Leno was, you
0: know... Yeah, I was going to ask for that. For
1: nine years was a wonderful experience.
0: Did, Le- did Leno bring you in right at the beginning when he got the show?
1: Uh, yes.
0: And uh, did, did was this just strictly on the relationship you guys have already had, or did you still have to submit a package? And uh,
1: no, it was uh, when Jay was guest hosting. Uh, he would call me in, uh, and try out jokes and just say, Hey, man, what do you think of this? Hi. Yeah, it's the worst... He's <laughs> <thing. laughs> a cartoon character now, but... uh yeah he would call me and and then he would say uh yeah why don't you come up tonight yeah come on over yeah and then he'd have a, a stack of jokes and he'd go yeah what do you think of this what do you think of this what do you think of this and we would go through the jokes and it became a regular thing when he was guest hosting and uh, you know jay was guest hosting a lot in those days it was mm-hmm. one, once a week uh and then he and when johnny was off for a, a whole week uh jay would do a week sometimes yeah. you know so jay was doing not quite as many shows as johnny but jay, you know but so johnny
0: was only doing three days a week and a lot of vacation weeks. This was in the last year or so of Johnny on the Air? Uh,
1: This was, well, hmm. I think 87, Jay started guest hosting and then became like the permanent guest host there uh, Johnny up up until 92. Yeah, I was going
0: to say 92 is when Jay started as yeah, the full-time yeah. host. Yep. So
1: it, it had become a regular thing with, uh you know, a th- few of us would go up to his house every night and before the show and, and go through the jokes, and then he said, yeah, yeah. You want to come aboard? And I I said, okay, I'll help you out for six months. And, of course, it turned into nine Nine years years
0: of of writing the show that
1: went really fast, yeah.
0: Now, is your preference um, writing or performing?
1: Yeah, I started as a stand-up. And, you know, I did stand-up all during the Tonight Show. You know, I'd I'd work at Jay's house till 2 o'clock at night and then, you know, drag myself into the (laughs) studio the next day. Mm. You know, stay there till 7 at night. And then I'd go to the clubs and I would do my stand-up. And I also, for the first five years, I also booked all the comics on the show. Really? Yeah, wow. so I would w- then watch comics, and then at 10 o'clock I would go to Jay's house till two in the morning again, and <laughs> you know, it was you know and night after repeat. night. Yeah, yeah, oh so my my that nine years went really uh, fast. Really oh, <laughs> fast. Now yeah,
0: that's yeah. Uh, that's something interesting, because I, uh, I would love just to get um, some advice on this, and I'm sure any comics listening would really love to hear this. As the booker of The Tonight Show for comics, what mm-hmm. did you look for specifically?
1: just just kind of originality you know stuff i hadn't heard a lot of variations of before and you know someone that had you know s- some comics are better writers than they are performers mm-hmm. and um, a lot of comics are much better performers than they are writers right mm-hmm. you know so you know uh, on tv i wanted kind of that mix cuz you know people can turn the sound down you know in clubs sometimes you know comics can be loud and aggressive and stuff but on tv you know when they were you know, four inches tall. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and you know, someone could adjust the volume, they had to have the material too.
0: So that kind of balance of material material uh, and performance. And performance, yeah. I I gotcha. Yeah, that's so. that's very interesting. Who who would you say, um that you saw and put on the tonight show that was an unknown and then from that appearance started a <coughs> excuse me, career that's become huge now.
1: Oh uh, I'm I put on Ray Romano before he got his show. Really? Holy moly. Now, I think he had done it maybe once with Johnny toward the end. Uh, I don't know if he had done Letterman yet, but, you know, I mean, obviously, Dave saw something that the NBC people <laughs> didn't see when I put him on Right. And mm. gave him a show. He, yeah, he purpose. produced Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. Worldwide fans, yes. yeah. Uh, Kevin James I put on. Yes. Mm. Mike Lacey down a Comedy Magic. Yeah, yeah. There's this kid, Kevin James. You should see him, and I saw him and went, great. He's a great TV comic. Should be on. And I remember going up to one of the NBC executives afterwards. Oh, what do you think? And they go, eh, "He was okay," <laughs> you know, Kevin James. And I put on Kara Top, uh, and I apologized. <laughs> 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 oh <laughs> my God, but he was the best guy doing props at that, that point. Gallagher uh, wasn't performing as much as yeah. he used to. Did you know the legendary Wid? Oh, I I had met him once in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah but
0: I didn't really know his act well. Okay, uh, but. So he w- to me, those are the three uh, top prop comics: okay. Gallagher, Wid, and uh, Carrot Top. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't see Wid much. So I, because I, he was mostly Philadelphia. Yeah, he was northeast guy. Came out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came out here to do comics Trip Live, I think maybe, yeah. Okay. After I stopped booking the comics, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so it, top. it took me months to get Carrot Top on the show. You know, arguing for this guy. You know, <laughs> he was so different from the traditional Tonight Show comic and Absolutely uh, yeah. And so they finally put him on and then uh <coughs> eventually he was the only comic almost they ever y- they used by the end. You know, I remember at one point uh <laughs> one of the other town coordinators said, uh oh Carat's on Carrot Top's on tonight. Do you know who the last comic we had on was? And I said, No who? And they said Carrot Top <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, they stopped using comics as much. That's as that that as was as the show went on. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah.
0: I, I'd heard that a lot from comics that um saying that th- uh, for whatever reason, during part of uh, Leno's tenure, that he wasn't putting a lot of comics on. Did you know if that was more of a network thing? It, it was, <coughs> um, at that point, they could do the ratings
1: minute by minute on the show and see exactly where people tuned out of the show. And, huh. and you know, when comics were on, they weren't holding the audience as well. You know, really? And they said, told me animals, Always, always did well. Like
2: the pet tricks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and
1: and kids, little kids, you know, people yeah. stay tuned for that. Uh,
0: and If there's a little kid who did animal comedy, well, <laughs> it's just ratings yeah. went <laughs> through the roof. Killer, killer. No, so, interesting. So that's
1: yeah, interesting. so that's so they, you know, uh,
0: did Leno try to? Did Leno really try to fight to get more comics on? Uh, or is he just kind of like, ah, get my hands tied?
1: Well, I mean, everyone there wanted the highest ratings every night. So yeah. if the comics <laughs> weren't doing the ratings and you know initially when Jay started he said uh, we'll we'll give uh, singers two songs night. it'll be different from Johnny's show you know and they don't hold the audience either you know because if you like say country music
2: you're not going to uh, listen to the rapper. You like may or not, whatever. or vice versa. Right. You
1: know, there's a, a real a, a segmented audience for each of those kind of music. That's
2: so interesting. When was this, like, lull for the comedy? Because it's funny, you know, when you see comedy history, you see how the 70s and the 80s, there's this, you know, big, you know, upswing, and then it seems like maybe if this was, you know... Uh, mid to late 90s that it sort of like tapered out and became more you know sitcom-y things were were popular not actual stand-up and then now we're back on this upswing where comedy is starting to take off again everybody's you know after stand-up like I wonder if it was just the lull of our entire society kind of filtering away from wanting stand-up as like the main thing I'm wondering if that time frame if it it linked up well
1: um Well, I was just saying.
0: I think, um, and you you would know better that uh, because they always talk about the comedy boom in the '80s, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Where um, comedy, when it was, you know, it it developed in the clubs, and then when when cable started coming up, like A&E, Nick the Improv, and HBO, young comedians and things like that, that um, there was almost like an oversaturation of comedy on TV, to where maybe when around that time you're saying it wasn't hitting the ratings as much is because people have been yeah, we've seen stand up. It's not this novelty thing anymore.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Plus, uh you know, when I started out, uh, if you knew the LA comics and the New York comics, you knew almost every comic in the country. Yeah. yeah. Th- there yeah. weren't comedy clubs in every town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and then I remember mean, when I started in New York in 78, there was a, then a club in Philadelphia. And by 79, there was one in Washington. You know, it just, you know, it, so clubs started opening. And then every city had three or four clubs competing and right the quality was not great oh yeah mm-hmm. you know uh, at yeah. that point so i you know i think it was really oversaturated on tv and in every town it wasn't special anymore to go see stand-up right you yeah. know it used to be like a destination to go to you know in la go to the comedy store or go oh to yeah it was a, a rising star in new york you know
0: there there's pi- i mean there's a classic <laughs> picture of the improv of uh just uh Leno standing in the middle of a crowded room at the bar with this yep. pipe. I know that Eddie's picture. The right. And Bart's Eddie part- the bartender yeah. there. Yeah. Just yeah. And yeah. you just you get that feel that back in like the uh, the the late seventies early eighties the comedy scene in L.A. was like like a happening like mm-hmm. we're going to see you know this is something we get ready for not something we're saying ah, you want to go see comedy Yeah, let's go in here and see what's going on you yeah. know th- it was more of a special yes. event kind of thing i feel that yes. it's
2: coming back th- because now there seems to be a resurgence where you know every like w- the minute i saw commercials like just mainstream regular television commercials where they had like stand-up as the the funny way to sell detergent or something like that like mm. they had a stand-up mm. comic or whatever and you started to see more of that it seems that like over this last i don't know five years or so there's been like a huge Resurgence of this boom from the 80s because I, I now we're starting to see the comedy stores filling up again, and you know, people are getting like excited to see comedy again. And now you got Schumer, you know, headline in the garden. You know, it's like all of a sudden yeah. people are like, Oh, god, comedy! Like maybe it's because we're all going nuts with everything else that's going on. We all got to laugh, so like like you say, but yes, but um, I
1: think oh, sorry, but when I first came out here in 1979 and you know, my first night at the comedy store, I mean, the lineup was. Leno, Letterman, Jimmy Walker, Elaine boozler yeah. you know, great comics. And, yeah. and the room would be full and people would be waiting in line for seats for people to leave. So the room stayed full until... Until you know, 1, like 2 in the morning. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. people would be taking those seats. They'd be waiting for someone to leave. Right. I mean, the lineups were just great in those days oh. at, yeah. at the Comedy Store. I was yeah. at
0: the... A uh, couple of years ago, the Improv had um, this big fundraiser and um, it was uh, put together by uh, Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. So I, I was there and I got to see this lineup and I couldn't believe it. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, Tim Allen hosted. Mm-hmm. Then it went Mary Ellen Hooper. Mm-hmm. Great. 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 Okay. Then yeah. um, uh, then it was Romano uh-huh. and then Leno. <laughs> and it was just stellar. And I'll tell you, my, f- th- th- my favorite part was just um, you know, in the uh, improv where they have the, uh, the 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 enter you enter through the showroom and those double doors right by the sound booth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then to the uh... just to the uh... left of the double doors inside the showroom is that kind of part of the uh... wall where a lot of comics like lean back and watch the other guys. And right, 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 right. I looked over and I saw Romano just leaning against that wall watching Leno, uh-huh. and immediately I just went, "He's still a f- he's still a comic." Yeah. You know, he's still he's doing what every comic does when they go in that room, just. He's not trying to hide yeah. in the. Sh- he's just leaning on that wall, watching his buddy on stage. Yeah. And it was yeah. it, it was a great show. Which just like, as a comic, you just like you s- you you felt that kind of like sense of uh, sameness and camaraderie there. Just knowing that no matter how big you get, you're still still stay a comic deep down in your heart. Oh, that's nice. It was yeah. it was really nice.
1: Well, I'll tell you about a show at the Improv <laughs> that I saw of a whole different generation of comics. <clears throat> I was hired by uh, Bud Friedman, the owner of the Improv, of to. Uh, perform at jan murray's wow 80th birthday party wow and i, I don't know if a lot of people remember jan murray but he was a, a comic and game show host mm-hmm. and a very n- nice gentleman and uh and on the bill was uh shecky green oh wow uh buddy hackett oh my god was there um uh, who else was there uh carl reiner oh Jeez. my god and uh, Kyle Reiner did it with uh, Sid Caesar. Oh, They, my they did God. a thing there. Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, mm, and but anyway, these, these great comics of that generation. And, and Red Buttons, you know, they had to, <laughs> to, like to, a- to close the show. And I thought, how is Red Buttons, who is a, a very quiet comic, going to follow, you know, Shecky Green, who's big and loud, and mm-hmm. Buddy Hackett, who is just... You know, has the most natural gifts of any performer of facial expressions and Mm. voices. And and Sid
0: Caesar just rapid. And
1: and and Sid Caesar with Carl Reiner do that, you know, and get just one after another getting. I thought, oh, poor Red Buttons is going to get killed there. (laughs) So Red Buttons gets there, and he's in a beautiful three-piece suit, you know, very elegant. Gets up there, and uh, as he's walking to the mic, his his pants fall down (laughs) to his ankles, and he spends the whole set. (laughs) Not even acknowledging <laughs> that his his pants are at his ankles, that's and crazy. and does you know uh, you know someone didn't have a dinner you know they didn't his have a dinner. Did, yeah, a dinner never got a dinner never got a dinner yeah that's the famous yeah yeah thing that he does, oh God. Know, God. those jokes that he did and oh. and people are screaming laughing because he's not even acknowledging the p- these you know oh. these white hairy legs and the <laughs> boxer shorts and the, oh. and the pants at his ankles. And I thought, oh, that's how Red Buttons follows the that's greatest comics of,
2: of the generation. Amazing.
0: I actually yeah. got to, um, years ago, uh, I got to meet Milton Burrell at oh, the Friars Club. yes, yes, yes. Because uh, his nephew, uh, I'm friends with him. So I got to sit and watch uh-huh. Milton hold court for like three hours. Yep, it yep. was just unbelievable, just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And um, a year later, he passed away. Uh-huh. So his nephew asked if I could speak. At his wow. tribute at the Friars Club, oh. kind of representing the young wow. comics. Wow. So just talk about pressure. I'm uh-huh. uh, I'm sitting at a table next to Phyllis Diller, <laughs> Red Buttons. Uh-huh. Um. Uh. Oh. 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 Uh, played Larry David's father on Curb. A um, uh, Shelly Berman. Shelly Berman. Thank oh, you. Wow. Yes, yes. Table next to me: Sid <laughs> Caesar, <laughs> Jan Murray. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. I think Shaki Green was there. Okay. S- uh. So. I go up i do my uh you know i do five minutes get laughs i was incredibly thrilled Mm -hmm. and the same thing red goes up and he's wearing his trench coat (laughs) and he's uh wearing the hat and he just i've never seen an act that goes from hilarious to just heartwarming Mm. because he did the whole never got a dinner Uh never got it. Uh then he started talking about milton Uh and about uh for those that don't know milton (coughs) pardon me had the um the reputation of being a very well-endowed gentleman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he, he was. Uh, a couple of lines I remember. He goes, uh, "You know, Milton's pecker had its own heart and lungs, ladies and gentlemen." Mm-hmm. His ta- when his tailor was measuring her pants, he called the zoo to report the missing python. Mm-hmm. Terrorists mm-hmm. tried to fly planes into it and couldn't bring it down. And just one after the other, just yeah. killing and killing. Yeah. And then. W- he had a song, red did a song that he was famous for, like um these pants are too short or do you remember what um like the you made the suit too small or the oh i I yeah, can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. The, but it was something along the line it uh-huh. was he was known for it, and he dedicated it to Milton uh. and he just played it like a very um sad kind of clown and again he just he'd started with this hilarious with the lines about the pecker. And then closed with this really beautiful tribute to Milton, wow. and it was it was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. It was probably only about six seven minutes long. Yeah, so he was a very underrated performer. Red Buttons, uh, yes, <coughs> I think so. But didn't
1: he win an Academy Award for a, a movie part, like in '54 or something?
0: Did it,
2: I? Let's find out. Something okay. Handy dandy. Handy um, dandy. Good 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 uh, good IMDb. It
1: and, and while you look that I'll tell you two Milton Berle stories. Please, please, please. I uh, please. One was, uh, I don't really know if uh, Alan Bell, Oh, yeah. He wrote for Saturday Night Live yeah, yeah. and also, I think, co-created uh, Gary Shandling's
0: yes, yes, show Yes, with yes, yes, yes. It's Gary Shandling's show. Yeah,
1: and, and it did stand up when I first started out Okay. Uh, in, in New York. He was a late night guy at the improv, you know, but that class ahead of me. So I, I didn't know him well. But uh, <coughs> there's a story of him going up to the Catskills to sell Milton Berle material. <laughs> and uh, Milton Berle says to him, uh, would you like to see it? And and Alan Sipell has no idea what he's talking about, (laughs) and of course, (coughs) uh, not to be implied, but I guess (laughs) Milton whips it out, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And you know, Alan's totally, you know, just you know, a young kid starting (laughs) on show business, (laughs) uh, has no idea. So, uh, but I met Milton Berle once in New York. Uh, My friend Mike Kane, uh, who was also a great comic, uh, who passed away. Uh, but he he had called me and said uh, I'm down at the friars Club with Milton Berle get down here and in those days I couldn't afford a, a taxi or anything but that day you know oh you I afford jumped, a taxi? I jumped yeah. in a taxi and of course I'm stuck in traffic then you know I and uh, Milton was there you know so I jump out of the taxi and I run down the street and get there <laughs> and we spent the afternoon with milton Burl and a bunch of his pals from the Friars Club you know vaudeville yeah, yeah. guys and stuff mm. you know telling stories about vaudeville and you know, starting out in show business. Oh, that's Alan King and, and all that. Well, it, it was yeah. it was guys I didn't know. I mean, yeah. you know, they were performers, <laughs> but just old vaudeville kind of. But guys, yeah, that I didn't know. And uh, and and one of the guys, uh, you know, Milton tells a story, and one of the guys says, "Oh, you're lying, Milty," and another guy says, "No, he's not lying. You have to have imagination to lie." <laughs> 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 you know, just topping one another yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know making Steak- fun of Burl, who was could not have been faster and funnier, oh you know, God It was, oh, man. It was great Our and then Milton said, uh, you know walk me to the dentist, guys, and so Mike and I then walked him <laughs> you know down to the dentist, you know, so spent an afternoon with oh, uncle Milton. and it was just you know oh, I know a real
0: like I said when I was sitting there with him, um I was just I couldn't get over the fact that I was sitting with Uncle Milty, and I was actually auditioning that night to be uh showcasing at the improv to mm-hmm. be a regular oh, oh, and um funny. I remember Milton goes uh well, what are you going to what are you going to open with? Mm. I go, uh, "Well, I think I'm going to go. No, no, you don't think, you do. Here, I'm going to I'm going to give you a bit. You open with us." Okay. And he goes, "You go on stage. You go, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say it's nice to be here tonight, but uh but it's not because this morning I found out that my my girl ran off with my best friend." Mm. God, I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> just it's a, it's a it's just a wonderful little line. And of course, I opened with it, Milton Berle. Did you really? Yes, of course. Wow! And did it work? Yes, oh, it got the so you know got a nice little little oh, chuckle, little so laugh. Oh, but if Milton so Berle cool. gives me a line to open with, I'm gonna
1: damn well open with that. Well, but then you have to reset yourself as a comic. I th- you know, what your personality is. You, you know, I mean, every every joke. I mean, great
0: jokes are not always right for Forever every comic. Then. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. You know, yeah. oh, I, right? that's so funny. That I, th- I think I, I did it, and I whatever my next joke, which would have. It probably wouldn't have even been my opener. Um, I just kind of easily tried to segue into whatever the next bit was. Because I always felt, like, would, would you agree that the opening joke is probably the most important yet toughest joke to kind of figure out? I've always felt that just because that, to me, to an audience, in my opinion, sets up what's going to happen, and you need a good strong laugh to start the set.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it really defines you, what your personality is, and tells them, really what the whole act is going to be absolutely you know absolutely I, I, i've done seminars on just the opening joke really with wow. comics and, yeah. and especially in a tv set when you only have uh five minutes or, or now it's four and a half often on since yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know to get started explain who you are you know it's yeah so that opening joke is is everything everything yeah yeah what d- yeah.
0: can you think of like probably like one of the best opening jokes either that you've had or that you've heard
1: Oh, I not offhand. I mean, I I would generally start my Tonight shows with either my appearance, uh, you know, like like, what you're wearing. Well, either what I'm wearing or that I was, th- that I'm thin. You know, I mm-hmm. used to, maybe I opened one Tonight show with, uh, you know, I, I was a large baby. I was ten pounds to eight ounces when I was born. I've mm-hmm. lost weight since. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And that's a great.
0: That's a great line. Well, it was,
1: I was I was I was thinner. Yeah, you know, I yeah. was probably you know ten pounds or twenty pounds thinner. Uh, so th- that kind of joke. So uh, Louis Anderson would open with that, w- w- the opposite kind of joke, like right. a, a fat joke or something. I was down at the beach, you yeah. know, and they tried to push me back in the water. I was a whale, or you know, yeah. so, something. Let me I move I'm, the I'm, mic stand so you can see me. Yes, that, yeah. that kind of joke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah, David Brenner would do that joke, even though. <laughs> really. <laughs> well, because it was a thin joke initially. <laughs> right. Yeah, but and then Louis would do it as as a joke as on a joke, really. But uh, and Louis hated doing fat jokes. He told me, but. It's all people saw when he went on stage, right? So, so he had to so call he, attention he, to he had to address it, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would start my uh, tonight shows either with that, or I would start with, uh, <coughs> you know, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio is my hometown. You know, Ohio is an Indian word; it means uh, beautiful. And of course, Cleveland's an Indian word, it and it's not. <laughs> so together, you know, that. So I would, That's you good. know, kind of make fun uh, uh, nice. of myself at the beginning, and you know, but yeah, it, that, that was one of the hardest things in doing. You know, I just did six tonight shows. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld did maybe three or four a year. And, Mm. you know, to come up with a new opening, because you're used to opening your act a certain way, you know, night in, night out, even if you change other stuff. You still have that opening. opening, yeah. Yeah. So to have a whole new opening,
0: three yeah. or four you times a on The Tonight Show. God, yeah, that's yeah. pressure. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, st- yeah,
2: I yeah. still don't have a different opening from <laughs> seven years in and I'm doing the exact same thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying well, to try to the Seinfeld level. <laughs> but it
1: happened to me just in uh, in Nebraska at the Johnny Carson Festival. We had two nights where we did six minutes like a TV set in the theater and it was a contest. Uh, <coughs> so the first night I do my regular opening that I always open with and then I went, oh, I needed a whole other opening. <laughs> For you know, two nights from now, because I made it into the finals, yeah, 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 and uh, had to write a new.
0: You had to write a complete... well, new, or, or you uh, just took another joke and front loaded it. I,
1: I considered that, but I wrote a, a new opening about the town of, of Norfolk. Oh, and nice. I thought, this is the biggest mistake in a contest to open with something brand new that you've never tried before. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, this is a classic comic <laughs> error. You know, because I, mean? oh, I, I used to, when I when comics would audition for me at the Tonight Show they would think of something you know on the car on the way there and then put it in their set you uh, know, and you know I go do no do your greatest hits Right, yeah, right, 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 right. Don't, don't experiment right. You know, yeah. the, not tonight the, the Yeah, part. yeah. but they would you know want it to be funnier than it could be you know or something and you know I was making that same, same mistake. mistake Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. fortunately it worked uh, in, in this oh, case good. yeah that, uh,
2: well town always but, loves mm-hmm. a town joke too I think like I, you, I, you tend to find that you know, w- 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 just even including like, hey, I've been in your town, I've seen your local movie theater. They're like, ah, I've seen my <laughs> movie theater. A- yeah. ap-
1: you're absolutely right. I remember in college seeing Three Dog Night <laughs> in concert. <laughs> yeah. And they said, "Oh, we just d- had dinner at Burger King, and we went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been to Burger King. We've been <laughs> to <at> Burger King. <laughs> that's our Burger King. <laughs> exactly. You, know, that's, you we know. should go. <laughs> Three Dog Night <laughs> might be there next yeah. week. Yeah. 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 So, it, but it just
0: it made them human, you know. It,
2: yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Totally I, uh, identifies you, uh, me. Relates your r- uh, makes you relatable with the local audience when yeah. you have these local uh, flair chicken thrown in your act. And there's this yeah. feeling yeah. of yeah.
2: like, even if they haven't seen you on TV, when they know that you've been on on tv you're like oh my god a tv person a tv person <laughs> and you've been in my town and you've been at my mall and you've you maybe handed me money it's just amazing it's an amazing feeling i remember what it felt like when yeah uh-huh. p.s uh, yes. sayonara
1: Sayonara
3: well, was, it was the, the film. Red Buttons movie. Oh, that best supporting he won actor. Best supporting actor, he won yes, the
2: Oscar yes, in 50 yes. se- uh, 58. eight. Oh, 58, okay. Yeah. Okay. fifty eight, okay. Okay. It was a 57 movie, but it said that the Oscar was given to him in fifty eight. Oh, so I
0: oh, okay. gotcha. Okay. Well good now. We know. How that. do you
2: like that for a <laughs> very good <segue>. research. <laughs> but that's
0: <laughs> great,
1: you know, for a comic to win, you know, a dramati- in a dramatic role. Oh
0: seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Know, well I mean look at again Robin. Wow. But he was he he could do no wrong with uh with with his performing. He he was that was the guy that Made me want to be a comedian. Wow! I was always Good a choice. I was always a funny kid, but I saw Robin Williams live at the Met. Thing was oh, eighty yeah. five, and I just was like, "That's what I want to do." Mm. And just wow! Dem- well, yeah, and they wow. always
2: say that if you're a, like if you can do comedy, then drama definitely comes easier because if you can master comedy then the other side of that is just I mean it's just it, it's kind of easy for a, com- a comedic mind to understand how to do drama but a dramatic actor it's very hard for them to do I mean they can't just bleed into comedy so it's you know you've got Robin as like the top you know one of the top creative minds and then oh, yeah. it's just a, an amazing dramatic actors Um, yeah it was great
1: well he he started out as an actor and then became oh yeah he
0: went to to Juilliard yeah exactly yeah roommates with Christopher Reeve if I'm not mistaken yeah oh that's right that's right did you hear
2: about that that's so crazy
0: I know I know um, before we get, because by the way, this is the longest show we have done in oh, a very uh, long oh. time. Oh, like geez. we're for over now. An an <laughs> h- usually we try to keep it to thirty to thirty-five minutes, and <laughs> you're sorry. just. But no, 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 no. We wanted I, to talk I, to I you for how, longer. I thought it was thirty minutes.
2: How long
1: is it's
0: it? It's been uh, an hour twelve. Wow, that's too long. It's been yeah. nine. <laughs> it's
2: been nine years. We actually did a Tonight Show yeah. while well, yeah, uh, we we you were saying the nine years went fast.
0: But I think the before we get out of here, and thank you, Jimmy, so much for doing this. Like really, really, it was. It was. It's. It's it's really um pleasure and a th- uh, thrill to have you on because you oh. No, i'm you you as i've said your reputation precedes you i hope you do know that Thank um you. to uh to i guess to any but any young comics listening again you've been around for a while what would you say is the uh i guess the key to remaining uh sane in the business of comedy wow uh, <laughs> well, first of all, you're assuming that I'm sane.
1: <laughs> <Warm nights>. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, wow, I don't know the answer to that. What would you guys say to that? I, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought about that.
2: You know what? I'm, I'm, and, and our listeners know I'm a really positive. I like law of attraction, positive thinking. Ah. So I think the thing that keeps a person sane in this industry is remembering that we're all in this together, and that you know, anytime you see somebody else have success. It, it, being excited for all of us as a team's success is what's going to keep you successful and whether it be monetarily it's at least going to keep you successful mentally and um, I think that's that's the thing that keeps us sane is remembering that we're, we're all we're all a team we're in this together all concise. of it, entertainment, yeah. entertainment yeah. as a whole—not even just comedy, you know. Like, See,
0: and I would say, screw the other guy; just look out for yourself. <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's where we differ, and that's where the marriage—the marriage
1: Opposites attract, Wow, that's quite different.
0: Uh, no, I was kidding. I was i, I, I would—I would tend to agree for uh, with what Allison said, and I think just—just, um, uh, just, yeah, just know that. If something bad happens, that it's not the end of the mm. career. That if you stay with it, career does go on, and you yeah. do hit that other peaks. I
1: would, I would certainly agree with that. Yeah, uh. and and what I found is, starting out, you know, we were, it seemed like we were all kind of competing to get on at catch a rising star or mm-hmm. the you know the clubs. But as our careers went on, we realized how different we all were you mm-hmm. know that Larry David was really different from Seinfeld or me you know we all or Larry Miller you know we all diverged on our own path in so comedy and you know so you're not really competing with anyone uh, other than yourself and comedy's to
2: subjective to well, so yeah. you know yeah, you, what right one right. person's going to love another person's going to hate and that's okay yeah. and you've got to yeah. just remember that like you know you got to love Love your fellow comic and know that when they're different that, and they're successful, do not lose your mind about that. that yeah. Good for them. They did it. I can do it too. Here we go. Yep. It's yes. a journey, not a destination. Like destination. That's
0: absolutely <laughs> <Right>. true. <yes. laughs> and, that, and could have said it better. It's, uh, it's You're competing with yourself. Yeah. Just,
1: just to be as good as you can be is mm. all you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you one <coughs> other tip that's helped me Please. a lot in show business. This is from uh, Al McGuire, who was the basketball coach at uh, Marquette. Okay. Uh, and won a national championship in his final season, like 77 or 78, somewhere around there. And uh, I used to cheer against him at Notre Dame. <laughs> <when> <laughs> they would come. But, but in his obituary, uh, he said a great thing. He said, uh, no is a good answer. You know, yes mm-hmm. is a great answer. That's what you want. And maybe is the worst answer because it just keeps you hanging on. And no al- allows you to go on with your life, mm-hmm. you know. And so now... You know when somebody doesn't want me for a club or a gig or whatever it is i go okay i, I, I want to get to that no answer quickly right. so uh, so i can move on with my life you know whereas yeah. you know when you'd send a tape in to you know a booker or something and then not here for six months you know you just be on hold and yeah not, you know that, that was limbo. the worst
2: a limbo of yeah yes. yeah what's gonna happen and uh. so
1: when i started the tonight show you know every everyone would that would send me a tape i would send them a letter back saying yes or I would call them if it were yes but if it were no I would send them a letter so they would just so they know no yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. wonderful you so, know just so, yeah. on so that no was a good answer
2: no was a great answer and yep. I tell there was actually funny I uh you know d- doing comedy and doing doing shows or whatnot I have friends of mine who are actors mm. who don't you know, they, they see that I've done some shows with some nice people or whatnot. They're like, how do you get to the point of success? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not at the point of success. But mm. you have to remember that the no's, it's just like a lottery. Like, you know, you're going to get a certain amount of no's before you get a yes. And just remember that the no's, let them let them go, like you said, move on from them, move forward. And um, you're the only person who can derail your path with your own negative thoughts about like holding on to the no. Oh they said no that I'm bad. I must be terrible. Right. No, the no is peace. Go ahead. Go go on to the next thing. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lottery. Just remember hundred no's you'll get a yes probably.
1: Yeah, yep. I have a friend, uh, my friend Mike Lyons went to college with a salesman. He told me he's got to make a hundred calls to make three sales. That's it. Yep. And I go Really? It's if awesome. I call one club and they say no, ah, I don't <laughs> call anyone else ever. <laughs> <you know? laughs> you know? yes, so, I mean, it. it was really a good lesson that yeah. that's what
0: salespeople do.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah it's true. It's that's true. very,
0: very cool. Jimmy, awesome. again, man, thank you. I'm oh, well, thank shake you for having me. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Yay, thank you maybe. so much maybe. for doing Let it. give you the, the, he, yes. the okay.
1: <laughs> the okay, I love <laughs> it. On Rodney Dangerfield's album, he says, yeah, don't give me applause. Just... Give me one of give these. Give me one of these. Yeah. yeah. That, that okay Aww. sign that Carson used to. Yeah. So,
0: oh. <laughs> just give me one of these. Well, I say this, <laughs> so this Allison, episode was oh, definitely one of these. Let me give you one of these. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And uh thank you guys so much for listening and uh we will uh, talk to you next time. Bye bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking about what's ever on their mind